Thank you for listening to The WageCast, your resource for all things student publications. Here to remind you that even though you may be on an island at your school, when it comes to the student press, we're all in this together. I will be joined again today by journalism student Kimberly Rangel, while Spencer O'Daniel is on paternity leave following the birth of his son, Brooks O'Daniel. Congratulations, Spencer. And congratulations as well to all of the students who participated in the Wage Winner Contest. Great turnout, and cannot wait to do it again next year. Today, we spoke with John Bowen, journalism ethics professor at Kent State University, about why ethics are important and the ethical decision-making process. Hi, I'm Kimberly Rangel. I am a West High senior, fourth-year journalism student, and an editor for the West Word newspaper and Frontier TV. And I'm Jake Wilkin. I'm a fourth-year journalism advisor at Wichita West High School. Today, we are speaking with John Bowen, journalism ethics professor at Kent State University out of Kent, Ohio. Bowen was the Scholastic Press Rights Chair for JEA, uh, the 1983 Dow Jones Newspaper Fund National Journalism Teacher of the Year, Gold Key and Charles Murphy Teaching Award winner, among many other things. Thank you for joining us today, Mr. Bowen. How are you doing? Real well, real well. I think we're preparing to get the snow and the cold weather you folks had yesterday. It was 70 here yesterday with oh, yeah? crazy wind and like a big <laughs> dust storm. It was it was actually not snow. It was awful. All the snow went north. And yeah. Yeah, we're, it's beginning to get windy here. Professor Bowen, <laughs> why are ethics important in a journalism classroom? Why should, um, you know, in the life of a journalism advisor, you're super busy, you've got deadlines, you've got all these different um, issues thrown at you at any different point or time, um, typically a very busy job, why take the time out of your already hectic class schedule to worry about ethics? It's a very good question. Um, because of all the things your students do and you do and you get involved with, that's pretty much the, the reason or the summary. Everything that the students do in journalism, whether it's interviewing, designing, taking pictures, doing broadcasts, doing podcasts, all involve ethics, everything that goes on, whether it's involved with a source and choosing the right source or whether it's checking what the source may have to say. So do you have, this is gonna be an obnoxious question, do you have a neat and a neat and tidy definition of the term ethics that could be used by teachers? Like if you were explaining to, hypothetically, if a freshman high school student were listening to this right now and had no idea what ethics were, what would you? How would you explain it to them? What What does that mean? What are ethics? I wouldn't give a solid definition because ethics changes, and it 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 really is. Let me give you a general one. Uh, ethics equals duty. Okay, it's real simple, right? Ethics is between right and right dilemmas. There are two things that are right. Ethics steps in. If one of them's wrong, law steps in. And you have a legal thing to, to back that up. The, the definition I like the best is ethics is obedience to the uh, unenforceable because law can be enforced. You cannot enforce ethics. 
Does that make sense? <laughs> it's not a it's not a definite definition, but it's a working one. I mean, I think it kind of makes sense. I don't know. It's still a little confusing to me. So, the way you describe ethics is where <clears throat> law, where the legal actions that journalists can take, mm-hmm. um, stops, and then it becomes a moral decision, right? So whether you choose to do thing A or choose to do thing B, mm-hmm. what you're doing is still legal. It's not wrong, but there is a better and more like morally okay, okay. and justifiable option, right? It's, it's right versus right dilemmas. Okay, I right. think I get it now. If ethics equals duty, then you, you're, you're choosing between duties or loyalties. You're choosing between a principal who may tell you, I don't want you to cover something because it'll make school look bad versus the right of the public to know. And those are two ethical duties. You may have both, which is more important in this situation. Uh, It's not a law question at all. And I've probably confused you again. Well, and another way that I like to illustrate ethics when I'm talking to students about it in class is it is legal when you're taking photos if you're in a public space to take photos of anybody who's in that public space or a publicly visible space right Um, nobody can necessarily stop you from doing that and there are already you know street cameras and things like that taking people's photos anyways so legally if we're on a street and I'm taking photos of people that is fine there's nothing wrong with that but if I'm on a street taking photos and someone who I'm photographing says, hey, I don't feel comfortable being photographed. Please don't take my picture. If I take, if I continue to take their picture, legally I'm still in the right. They're still in a public space. There's nothing that they can really do about it from a legal standpoint. And what I'm doing isn't necessarily wrong. But the question is, is it ethical to continue taking their photo even when they've asked you to stop? Take that as a let's go back to your example just for a second maybe this will help the example we talked about was a very definite one in terms of somebody who was in the public eye anyway suppose it's just somebody who skipped school and now finds themselves in the middle of a, a demonstration when they've been told by their parents don't go anywhere I'm going to ground you for a month now if they're on TV, they're going to get grounded for a month, they're not going to go to school, they're not going to work, etc, etc. So your choice is, well, look, you were there protesting and you were there. I have every legal right to do this or, gee, I don't want to see you get grounded for a month. It's not a real sensitive big deal choice but it it is still an ethical decision and you know it's it's a difficult debate to have because am i really responsible for keeping this kid from getting in trouble right it's it's all very complex i mean but it can be simplified there are um the nspa national scholastic press association has a code of ethics that um, student journalists can use that was recently updated, and I, I kind of like it a lot. Professor Bowen, I believe, would, would argue, though, that each 
news organization, each student press organization, um, school newspaper, school yearbook, whatever, should have their own code of ethics that you should come up with your own. Is that correct? Correct. Ultimately, when, when push comes to shove on that, picking up somebody else's code of ethics or editorial policy or any guideline like that uh, may have some things in it that is the one you're picking up doesn't use that I'm getting myself confused on that. Uh, that if you just if you take my editorial statement on taking pictures in a public place and I have something in there that says, except in the conditions of blah blah blah, and you don't agree, you wouldn't pick up that whole editorial statement and use it. What you do is modify it for your own local use. So why do you feel that it's important that um, any given staff write their own editorial policy, their own ethical um, procedures? And to, should the sorry. students do it or should I as the advisor just say these are our ethical procedures? This is what you're going to do? Either way can work. It depends on whether the students have in mind something they want to include. Preferably the students do the initial work that everybody sits down. The advisor, I wouldn't think, would be in the position of saying yes or no. The advisor would be in the position of saying, well, if you do that, blah, 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 this could happen, that could happen. Now do you want to make any changes? It's, it's not a you're driven, you're not driving it. They're, they're driving it, but you still should be involved in the discussion. And I know that the process of coming up with your own code of ethics is long and there's a lot of steps to it. Uh, so I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I necessarily want you to need you to describe that, but what would you, what advice would you give to a journalism teacher who wants to do that for their students, wants to have them create their own code of ethics, but doesn't know how, where, mm -hmm. where would you point them? How would you go? direct them on that i would point them at, like you have done to the one at nspa to society professional journalists to npr it depends on what type of medium they you have <clears throat> and look at them and look at what you feel are really key values for your local area and if it fits your area then Maybe you can take it and use the whole thing. But if nothing else, you can alter it. You can shorten it. Uh, editorial or codes of ethics should be short. They should be brief. They should be general. They, they can be positive or negative or mixed. Statements like in positive, positive or negative, like don't do this or do this. They could, they could be mixed that way. But they're not going to be very precise. They're not going to be absolutely directive, like you said, you must do this. That kind of thing. Open to interpretation. Open to interpretation, but based locally. 
there are some there are some parts of that statement that might not hold true, but you don't want to have something in there that says it's okay for newspaper students to kill football players because <laughs> that would not be a legal activity uh, besides being immoral. <laughs> Um, I was going to say something. So when me and my classmates talk about a, a very touchy topic um, for the school, like recently we talked about this story we wanted to cover about West High and how we're viewed. But then we also talked about like when you talk to us, like, but we need to be careful on this part and this part, because if we do it one way, we could look bad, or if we do it the other way, um, West High will think bad of ourselves again. I don't know how to explain it. Like, when we were talking about it, it's just like, other schools view us, like, as the type of school to not be, I don't know, I guess they consider us ghetto in we a have, way. Sure. I mean, West High has an image problem. Yes. I mean, uh, what, uh, what you're describing with this story idea that we discussed, yes. the issues that we were facing where if you cover it irresponsibly, then you're going to do more damage than exactly. good. Right? Because you're only going to say you don't just want to write an entire newspaper about look how bad we are (laughs) yeah right um but that it's also not your job to actively try to make the school look good yeah and so you have to find that piece that why are we doing this what are we looking for and you have to direct it yeah i mean i think we're still trying to look for that the in between like what is good but not like at the same time not be like, this is why West is good. Right. I, I think that when you find your so what, your your why, I think that you'll be on the right track. Yeah. But did was there a question in that? Sorry. <laughs> there was. I just can't get it anymore. <laughs> I think it was after you were talking, and then my question just kind of disappeared. <laughs> so, Professor Bowen, um, Let's say that you were an advisor in a high school and Mm -hmm. you're dealing with, you know, potentially ethically volatile circumstances, right? Something happens, um, your students don't know how to react, how to respond. How might you lead them through that? What what might be the steps for working through an ethical issue? I would take and see what their, first of all, the first thing I'd ask is what's your purpose? Where are you going with the story? What is it you're trying to do? That may give you clue where you're going to go next. But if it doesn't, then take some things they want to do with the story and look at in terms of look at the responses to those things in in terms of positives and negatives. If we do this, what's the worst thing that could happen? If we do this, what's the best thing that could happen? Then you're into comparisons. Is it better to is it better to do this story? Are you going to have a better outcome? 
or is it going to cause problems in the future? If you could identify future problems, then you can also ethically work to avoid them. Suppose you were doing your story that you talked about, and I'm, I'm trying to read between the lines and see what you, what, where it was going. But would a timeline help show when that visualization of your school first occurred and why? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know how West was before I came here. It has changed since I started coming here, but I don't know how much it has changed because I'm so used to it now. Could you interview graduates from five and 10 and 20 years ago? Yeah, I probably could. Do you think it would offer, you might get something out of there where you could begin to identify something. And if you begin to identify a cause can you take a journalistic approach to that by trying to find another school that had similar problems but solved them and interview them how about how they did it? It's, uh, it's called solutions journalism. I know it's what she needs, another title. Is your brain exploding right now? Yes, <laughs> a little. <laughs> because I honestly think that sounds like a really good idea. Yeah. Starting from the beginning to now. And so <clears throat> one of the things that I wanted to do was to model an ethical framework um, mm -hmm. for students. So uh, I was hoping that maybe I could give you a real but with altered names, ethical situation that we're dealing with, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, that we're trying to determine how to cover, and then maybe Kim and you, Kim and you could walk through how we can approach this topic ethically. Okay, sure. So there is a, and I did a paper about this recently, so you're probably familiar a little bit. Um, there have been some Instagram accounts popping up for our school that are not official school Instagram accounts to run by students um, that are doing some bullying activities that are um, posting pictures of kids sleeping in class, posting texts between students, posting rumors about students, and they're just kind of really taking off. And so Kim actually is the one who approached me asking if she could cover it. And we began to have this discussion of how would you cover it? What, what would we do? What would we write about? And if we do cover this and name the accounts that are involved, um, does that only grow their viewership and, and do more harm than good? That's a good ethical question. I guess between you and Kim, could you work out a way that we could approach this issue responsibly? We can sure try. <laughs> and the thing is, it isn't just our school. It's starting to here at every school maybe not even at, just in kansas because i've seen it all around social media it's just it's first started off as sleeping accounts caught lacking or caught sleeping um and 
it started off in high schools and now I see it's in middle schools because even my sister told me that she has gotten pictures taken of her sleeping um, multiple times. And so I just think it's so interesting how like everyone's doing it now, but then everyone is just taking it so far to where like they want that same attention. So now they're just starting rumors or making like bullying accounts and I just don't understand why. And I really want that. Um, um, I really want people to know about it more. So I just kind of want to find a way to cover it without bringing the attention of others to that and like giving it more popularity or making it worse. Okay, who who are you going to talk to in the way of sources? Who are you going to try and get? Um, I, the only thing I can, the only person I can think of would be the owners of those accounts. I would reach out to them, and they would be anonymous. Okay. But I am not sure if they are willing to talk. I could are also you... talk to the people who are being taking um photographs of or like people are talking about on these accounts okay both those groups would be fine are is there are some of the things that are on the internet and published out there the pictures or text or whatever are they identifiable by who owns them what do you mean like who the one is there any way to connect them with their uh, with their identification who 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 does the website or is that still well, we don't know so uh the websites are run anonymously by students the people who are photographed in the websites are identifiable and named yeah okay. but the account holders just by happenstance kim uh, knows who one of them is but the other ones she doesn't know yeah. Another way you might be able to find out who owns them is go to an online source called whois.com and give them the URL of the site and they can point you at who owns it. Oh, I had it's public no, record. I had no idea. Is that the same for social media accounts and handles? Yep. And what is it called again? Who is whois.com. I'm going to have to check that out now. <laughs> yeah, check it out when you get a chance. It, they, it may or may not get you somewhere, but it should. I mean, especially if you're dealing with a website URL. Um, a name of a social media ID may or may not work. But the, the, at least that's a way to get more sources. Um, what do the people who have been in those sites feel about your going out and doing a story on it? Um, well, I haven't really talked to it. Besides Woken, I haven't really talked to anyone about it. And But from what I hear from other students who are being posted on these pages some of them don't mind and don't care like the sleeping one because they're just sleeping i guess and some of them are a bit upset that they're being photographed while they're sleeping in class some people don't like how they look 
Um, but what really caught my attention was the one where they start rumors or they, I guess, expose people on what they are hiding between each other. Okay. Who might his source be that could tell you ethically or legally, primarily legally, of whether that was legally protected work or not? What do you mean? Is there an organization that could help you help the reader, viewer understand that this is not just an ethical problem, but maybe a legal one, too? Um, I wouldn't know. I think the question that he's asking is, if the things they're posting are, would be protected, would be illegal, right? If he's, if they're bullying, if they're posting private information about people, he's asking if there's a source that you know of that could identify whether or not the things they're posting are legal to be posting. I don't think I could find someone. That's the thing. I'm not sure if this is okay, what they're posting, if it's like, fine. Do, do you want to know who, who, who the, the reason I phrased the question like that is <laughs> so I'm not telling you the answer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I will. There is a place, yes, that will try and help you through that, at least in terms of what Kansas law might be on bullying, if nothing else. It's the Student Press Law Center. Email them, go on their site, find the email address for one of the lawyers, ask them the question. They'll answer it and talk to you, and you could even use them for the story as sources. Okay. If, if the content being posted to the social media pages would be considered bullying, right, and it is illegal images that they're posting because they're not the copyright owners or whatever what would Mm -hmm. then be the reporter's next step in covering that Mm -hmm. yeah that's a question i'm going to ask for student (laughs) again not not to give you an answer but let you think through it yeah um honestly i wouldn't know how to cover it after that if it is like you said illegal if it's illegal, who else might it impact if it's going on in your school? Who else might it impact? Mm-hmm. The students, anyone here at school. Correct. And as well as the person who has that page. Right. Is there anybody who has legal power to deal with that kind of activity? I mean, beside all I can think of is um, the person who owns, like, um, how do you say it? <laughs> Not the account. They might, yeah. As well as, Somebody like, the teachers, who... the principals, the administrators. Right. Teachers, administrators, parents might all have now a path, if it's illegal, 
because it's a wrong. It's not a right versus right. It's a wrong. They can step in and punish for bullying, but I don't know what Kansas law is, so I can't, I can't answer <laughs> that kind of question. Yeah. And if it is a wrong, I, it would seem logical to me that your story definitely should go forward because that's correct things that can really hurt people. If it isn't illegal, but still ethical and still people can get hurt, how important is covering that versus them getting more publicity? How important is it? Yeah, that might be a question you have to answer. I mean, if it isn't illegal and people are still getting hurt, I still think it should be brought to the eye. You know, it should it should have more attention. I do understand that it will get attention in both good and bad, meaning that they will get more attention and more like um, followers and viewers and people will probably follow along with everything. Um, I still don't think the people who are complaining about this should, like, suffer what everyone else is. Okay, now you're in the heart of ethical values. It's a very good answer, and it's one that can really drive your story here from now, from, from here on. Um, Brainstorm the idea. What happens if we identify the site, but don't identify the person, which is what I think you talked about doing? Um, how, what, what other steps can we take to diffuse them getting more publicity? And maybe just brainstorm that and you'll come up with another idea of another angle I mean, I could always talk to the person who owns these accounts. Um, yeah. I wouldn't, obviously, I wouldn't put his name or her name out there because Correct. it'd be very bad for that person since they are the ones who started the account. Um, but I would probably have a word with them and see why they're doing this, you know? Because I'm That's, curious on why, why they think it's okay to do this to other students. And it occurs to me that if it was a parent that set up this site for their child, that I wouldn't hesitate in the least to name them. But that's me. <laughs> yeah. But, but it's a great story. I'm more curious on why, though. Why did yeah. it all just come to be? Why do they think this is okay? You know? See, and to me, <clears throat> when I think about this story, just being a little bit transparent here, I feel like the value of this story is informing the students who do have strong feelings about the school and do have some, like, respect and some pride and who would feel like this is wrong, letting them know that it's an issue, 
and then possibly giving them some avenues of how they can try to make this stop, make it better. Mm-hmm. And I don't think those two points are contradictory. I think they could be done. One of the values in journalism we would talk about in terms of ethics is completeness. Uh, so that you're getting multiple angles from the story. You've got all of the context. And the context here may be, if you don't like this, what, what can you do to stop it? And you're, that's not you, although the paper might do that. That's them. And you're giving them a way to fight back. That would be an ethical move, too. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Awesome. Um, so this interview has been uh, amazing. I've really enjoyed it. Uh, Professor Bowen, is there anything that you would like to add that we didn't ask you about that you would like to mention to make sure that teachers and students know when they walk away from this podcast, from this episode? Yeah, a couple things I focused on when I was trying to think my way into this this morning. Uh, number one, there is such a thing called ethical fitness. And it's just like physical fitness. The more you practice it, the more you use it, the more fit you're going to be. So anything that goes on in making a decision of whether to use the source, whether to do the story or whatever contributes to the ethical fitness. And what you want to make sure is students practice these ethical questions every day. And they, the, the questions you were raising and the points you were making were very good. You've, you've thought through this. and that builds the ethical fitness um, for anybody in Kansas whose administrators are flaunting your state law by censoring ethical fitness and f- practice of ethics and letting the public know what you're doing and why transparency can help fight censorship. And it may be a better path than following state law. Because, just well, because. But you've got to be transparent. It would take too long to go into the because. Um, You've got to be transparent and let them know when you do a story, this is why you're doing it. That's why that why is so important. And you can get a lot of citizenry voters on your side if that's necessary and guys we hope it isn't but but <laughs> fantastic um and then we've been ending every interview with a similar question of if you were in a high school newsroom right now <laughs> what is something that you think students should be looking at and should be covering more of vaccinations why why because this new one that's kicking around is spreading so fast what's what's the objection besides religious objection to getting a vaccination now i mean if you don't get one you become a 
become a potentially a lethal weapon. If you get a vaccination and you still get the virus, at least the impact is less. And I, I guess my question is, why don't people want their children to get it or why don't they want to get it? Because it really is an ethical choice they're making and kind of falls in this whole category. Mm -hmm. And besides, 17 Cleveland Browns players are banned for this weekend because they tested positive. Are you a big Browns fan? Yeah. All Not right. that that had anything to do with it. Well, I do think it's a little bit unethical to be a Browns fan. But. <laughs> <laughs> Let's right. see, that grade you were talking about? <laughs> <laughs> okay, sweet. Well, thank you so much, Professor Bowen. You're welcome. This episode is sponsored by Wichita native Travis File of Jostens Publishing, the most trusted partner in celebrating moments that matter. This podcast was produced and hosted by Spencer O'Daniel and Jacob Wilkin on behalf of the Wichita Area Journalism Educators. Thank you to Wichita High School West for allowing us to use their facilities. Music credit, Talk to Me by Mikey Geiger. For more information on WAGE, visit our Wichita Area Journalism Educators group on Facebook and at wichitajournalism.wordpress.com. Have an idea for a guest or topic? Email us at wichitajournalism at gmail.com.